Welcome. Thank you once again for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT in the D Show, episode 411, broadcasting live from our respective homes. I am your host, Bob Walton Spiel, hanging out with producer Randy Walker. Guest this week, one of my favorites, Maria Graham. She is with New Spire, uh, the story of the little uh, security company that used to manage car dealerships that has turned into like a three sock security juggernaut global enterprise. Great story to tell. Find us online, itinthed.com, and do us a favor. Give us a like on the socials and subscribe to us everywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. Uh, just keep it keep it at tabs on meetups next uh, this uh, this week, Randy, right? Yeah. So uh, actually, the day this episode will be published is the day of our meetup. So if you're listening to this, we'll see you tonight. Keep uh, If you want to keep tabs, go to meetup.com slash itinthed, and you can subscribe there, and you get no- notifications and spam from meetup. It's not my fault. It's theirs. Um, but at least you are, <laughs> at least you can figure out where in the hell we're going to be. Um, and actually, we're checking out uh, Barcade tomorrow, Randy. I uh, can't wait. I've not been there yet. Downtown Detroit. Oh, yeah, the new place. Yeah. Yep. Um, let me know how it so, is. So if they don't have Tron, I'm going to riot. Um, that was when uh, we went to Disney and they had an old world arcade. And I literally sat, I got farther as an adult on Tron than I ever did pouring. And it was free <laughs> play than I ever did as a child. And it kind of angered me. Um, well, and I don't know if they have games right on their website. Do they really? Yeah. Guess what they if, don't have. If Tron's not on there, I'm not going. Um, Maria, how are you? I'm good. I miss it's different not being with you guys. I miss you. I want to hug you. Doing shots and drinking from the kegerator and Yeah, well, also it was it's kind of like it was not as fun this time getting ready because before I'd be like to my husband and kids, I gotta go, I've got a work thing, and I'd peace out at like five. Right. And tonight I had to still do dance and homework and bedtime and uh-huh. um, pretend to not change into pajamas to turn on my computer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> it's just different. Know, not to get too personal. It's been kind of a whirlwind for me. I got both of my parents in the hospital. Um, so I'm juggling, going to the hospital, trying to work, trying to take care of my kids. So like my brain's a little foggy, but we're going to power through just like we always do. And then Norm MacDonald died today. One of my funny, one of the funniest human beings on the planet. It is really um, sad. We, uh, when, when we found out we drove, I was driving back from the hospital. My favorite bit of his of all time was when he did the Bob Saget roast. And instead of doing like the dirty jokes that they do our roasts, he did like 1950s, like Henny Youngman one-liners. And he was like, Cloris Leachman, they say you're over the hill, but you're not over the hill, not in the car you drive. And he's doing like these super corny <laughs> 50s jokes. And like the crowd is completely dead silent because these jokes are, they're not, you know, they're horrible. And uh, the, the, the guys, the comedians were losing it because they understood what he was trying to do, you know. But anyway, if you get if you, have, if you get a chance, look up his bit from uh, from the Bob Saget roast. And just to watch the expressions on the comedians laughing, it was I haven't seen that one. He killed it on SNL, though. He was hilarious. He did. He did. I think he was like, I don't want to say he was the misunderstood. Jeopardy guy. But he, he was the Jeopardy guy. He was the, his timing. Like, I don't know if people got, like, they got the jokes. Like, he threw grenade jokes. Like, you, you like, like a minute later, later, you're like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Yeah. Or and by then, he's about it at night, later, way later. Right, right, right. You're yeah. like, but his, he did a podcast with uh, Bucky, uh, what the hell is that guy's name, Randy? Uh, Bucky Larson, that trad, that awful movie. Um, I don't know the guy's real name, but he did a podcast with him, and he just like. And then my buddy sends me a thing today. He's I don't I didn't realize he's done bits for over twenty years on colon cancer. 
or bowel cancer, he calls it. He goes, that, you know, he goes, I don't want to, you know, that's the only way I don't want to die is bowel cancer. And but he, he's been talking about it, I guess, for 20 years. So there's like this whole reel. So yeah, look up uh, Bob Saget roast and look up uh, Norm McDonald bowel cancer. And uh, yeah. Well, there you go. It's come- so speaking of bowel cancer, let's get into IT security. It's a good segue. <laughs> no, I'm being funny. Um, so I kind of brought it up oh, in the oh, intro. I got it, I got it. It's because they're both pain in the ass. Oh, they are. They are. Fun did governors it, did it, did it all day long. Um, <laughs> no, but I, you know, I've been uh, I've been working and calling on you guys and and being friends with you guys, uh, pretty much my entire career. And you know, you guys were known as the hey, we manage all the firewalls for all the car dealerships in the U.S. for GM and a few other you know companies and then lo and behold you start hiring these like mega power brokers you start building multiple socks and you start to become you you are like literally a you know sought after security juggernaut walk you know walk me through you know you've been there the whole pretty much the whole time is this because Mm -hmm. of you did you do this absolutely Obviously. No, no, it's fun. It's, um, I, I remember the first time I came on the show, you were like, how'd you get started? I was like, I was a bartender and they hired me because I could remember everybody's names. So that's where we started. We talk um, about that all the time. Let's pause on that. We talk about that all the time. And there's these, these, these certain bartenders in our lives that were like, I want to hire them for corporate because they are, their, their attention to detail is uncanny. Like we went to CJ Mahoney's Six months yep. later, we go back. She asks me how my thing went that I told her about. And I'm like, I wait heard. a minute. That was the first time I met you. And that, how did, like, how, is it because you don't drink during the day? You no, know? it's because you do. Right. <laughs> I think, but like, I don't know. But like, uh, so then we always joke about the scene in waiting where the business guys give them the card, but <laughs> it's not to their business. It's to a steakhouse. And he's like, for crying out loud. <laughs> so that's, that's really, I, I didn't know. Yeah. So I totally, you know, speaking of uncanny, yeah. I totally forgot that story. So that's, that's he awesome. Wasn't that's a bartender. Was he Randy? I don't, I don't think he was. Me? No, I was the DJ. <laughs> that makes, makes a lot more sense. Yeah. No, I don't know. It was, um, I, I do think that, I mean, I have two daughters and I really firmly believe I'm going to force both of their butts to work in some sort of service industry. Cause I, to, for me, it taught me a couple of different things. You have never had a bad day ever in your entire life until the back of the house is screaming at you. Cause you screwed up an order. The, the customers are screaming at you cause your steaks burnt cause the back of the house is mad at you. And meanwhile, the bottle of wine you just upsold, we're completely out of. And so there's no such thing as being in the weeds, like being in the weeds in a restaurant. If you could figure out how to do that and get through the day, like a day in the corporate life, you have to remember, like, I'm just sitting here a little stressed. I'm not running around and hot and sweaty and yelling at people. So this is not bad. It's fine. Yeah, that was uh, the I used to work our DJ at the post bar, the old hockey yeah. bar across from Joe Lewis. Yep. And the guys, the bartenders always say, DJ Bob, let me DJ for, for an hour. I'm like, let me bartend for an hour. They're like, have good luck. And I, I'll never forget, after a hockey game, bartending from 9 to 10 p.m., that was it. I was literally exhausted, yeah. done, spent, stressed, like bloodied. Like from, I was snapping beer bottles. And I'm like, how do you guys do this? Like 20 years later, there's some of them are still doing it. I couldn't imagine. I, you know, the other thing it helps though, it helped me with was multitasking. Like 
you'd have to go back and grab 40 things for 40 different people and you don't have a pen, you're not writing it all down. So it does make your attention to detail better. And the other thing is, is if you don't have attention to detail, you're not going to make any money. That's how you get paid is by yeah. remembering things about people. That's one and, of my favorite memes is like going three o'clock in the morning. I sit, sit up and wake up in bed because I forgot the ranch at that one table. Yeah. Or and for me, it's uh, I have a uh, ketchup refilling. Like when you had to refill the ketchup bottles, like oh. that is to this day, gross. I don't like it. Mm-mm. And then don't forget, uh, don't forget putting the cheap vodka in the expensive vodka bottles. You know, like oh, I didn't I'm do that kidding. at the restaurant. I did it at my parents' house. <laughs> oh yeah, there's still Sorry. bottles. Nobody probably. actually does that though, because that's a that's a state crime. That's a federal I know. crime. I no, we put uh, we put water. There's there's a lot of bottles still at my parents' house that are, are you know drank down to the neck and then filled up with water that are still there. <laughs> Oh, I was just cleaning out my parents' uh, bathroom a few, I, not that long ago, and I found a bottle of Bacardi 151 oh underneath. My God. Right. And I was like, I don't even know how to address this. Like, is it medicinal? Is this what he drinks? Like, I, why? Um, Mouthwash. I, yeah. Like, what is this for? And so I just left it there. And then, like, lo and behold, a year later, my brother was doing the same activity and came downstairs just upset mostly because he was like, Dad. There's better things out there for any of those purposes. I don't want to know what this is for. <laughs> but anyways, my dad said, I think your sister watered that down in like 2002. I don't, right. I don't even know if that's <laughs> any good. <laughs> I, uh, during Christmas, I'll always go down to the basement, bring back like three or four bottles of old stuff, uh, you know, clean out my parents' liquor cabinet. And uh, there was a bottle of Aftershock from one of my parties when I was 17. I don't know if you know what that I is. I don't even know what it is. It's nope. uh, It's got like the... Uh, like rock candy at the bottom and it's red and blue and it's half mint half cinnamon schnapps and it is hands down one of the worst things you'll ever drink so i bring back a half bottle and i poured out 20 shots during my christmas party and literally everyone looked at me like going you you give me this really it's like if you take hot damn and peppermint (laughs) schnapps half and half it's it's totally horrible so (laughs) gross you, you told me something before the show like I didn't realize like some people are going work from home. Some people are kind of coming back to the office. Some people are forced to yeah. go back in the office. But you guys, I'm like, I, I was talking to you about hating driving to your office in commerce. And you're like, it's gone. I'm like, what do you mean it's gone? And you're like, you guys, you guys went all work remote, period. So we did. So people that aren't critical. So we had um, when COVID hit, the way that our facilities are laid out at the time, we had two security operations centers. One is in, you know, you know, our home, our home place in commerce, but we have one in Denver as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just spun up one recently in in the Philippines. But um, the way those buildings were, you know, the the way the desks were situated, it didn't really lend to the social distancing and all that kind of kind of stuff. So um, they closed down anybody that wasn't you know, critical to pushing a button or shipping a box or whatever the case, the case was sent us home. We were actually, um, extremely productive. We had, um, one of our best years last year. Um, and so they kind of just made the decision to let us have that flexibility. They shut down office locations that were just business, like, like people like me and, and development and marketing for the most part and said, you guys can, work remotely for the rest of forever. There might be a couple in office days and we converted a lot of the other facilities that had people sitting there into hotel space. So now it's just kind of like, you know, once a month we can go to Denver, we'll head down to Detroit or commerce and, and do that. And then it also allowed us to actually hire, which we'd never done before, hire um, security talent from anywhere in, in, you know, in the United States um, because we went through some, 
you know, protocols for SOC 2 and stuff to make sure that we were following all the rules. Um, but that's actually been super helpful because security talent's not easy to come by. So being able to expand that search to the entire United States has been really sweet. The last stat I heard was like a million underemployed. Two million. Two million. million. Yeah. So we need that's, to go to school. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny my, though. My like cousin, I, I, I have high school girls. School. Oh yeah. Go, I have, go No, I have high school girls. I have nephews and nieces and I, you know, people that I know and I'm like, get into cybersecurity. And they're all like, uh, they roll their <laughs> eyes. Like my daughter is like a spitting image of me and a 17 year old girl. She's a complete jerk and like loud. And <laughs> she's, she's hilarious and loves music. And she, it's my kid. And I'm like, you need to get into it sales. And she's like, she thinks all I do for a living is answer a phone going, hey, I want to buy some shit. It's quote unquote. I'm like that. Yeah, that's not sales. Like, no, you know, no, I'd love for um, you to. Yeah, I well, I went to I actually I well, we, it all got screwed up. I went up to CMU. This is like maybe a year and a half ago or no, it was pre. Isn't it bad? It's like pre pandemic, post pandemic is how I remember stuff. I was with people. So it was like two years ago. Um, at CMU, they, they said, Maria, we want you to come and we, wa- we want you to talk to this cybersecurity class. And we thought we were going to recruit some like salespeople. <laughs> thing. Right. I get there and I realize, I look at the course curriculum and I've got this whole like slide deck and everything prepared to talk about security sales and blah, 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 blah. And I realize I'm sitting there talking to like the people that went to school for threat hunting. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't know what uh to say so i i get uh, you know i get hooked up with the professor person i said you know i think i may be the wrong person for this engagement and he was like well you're here so can you like audible and come up with something i said yeah what you know what year are these kids in and they were all sophomores so they could still bail on cybersecurity if they wanted to sure so i went in there and i and i like if they really wanted to which i've been through some of those classes and they're tough and sometimes boring depending on who your teacher is but um i went in there and i basically just went through my my story of I didn't even have the option when I was in school. To, there, there was no site. This was not a, like a thing you went to school for, really. Um, it just kind of like happened uh, to you or you got put into it or it just happened through your telecom you know, career or your IT infrastructure career, whatever. Um, and I just kind of shared the story that I had. I said, listen, I, I just went to work for Newspire because I needed an internship so I could get the heck out of my parents' house and stop bartending because I was tired of that. <laughs> And, and then I kind of walked them through what has happened um, in terms of just the way the industry is booming. And, you know, you, you have job security for the foreseeable future. No, I mean, whether it's with the company you're with or anywhere else you want to go, because the, the, the talent is not there and people are scrounging for people. Um, and it was really funny. I ended up keeping in touch with about 10 or 11 of those kids from CMU and they, they commented on all my LinkedIn stuff and then they graduated and like three or four of them ended up applying to new Spire. I think we hired two of them. I don't there. Yeah, we did hire two of them. Um, but I followed their careers. Uh, two of them are at Comerica now working with what's the dude with the game, the games Remember? I can't remember his name. Cool story. Come on. What's the game? We played it last time I was there. The game. The game, game, it's the add-on pack, and it's like worst case scenario. It's like it, if you can add it on to any game. Oh, Adrian. Adrian. Face, face yes. the consequences. Yeah. Yes, face the consequences. That's a good game. Um, I never got to my play it. It's in my storage unit. But anyways, uh, yeah. So it's just it was cool to kind of be able to share with these kids. Like, no, seriously, like don't give up on this because it might seem tedious and boring right now, but 
it's exciting and super cool when you get into the field because it changes constantly and you got to keep up with it. And I really kind of think that it's one of those situations where, and somebody, one of my colleagues said this the other day, if you were going to be in cybersecurity, you really got to have a passion for it because otherwise you're going to get burned out really quick because it changes so quickly, like very quickly. Um, And so, you know, it's got to be somewhat of a passion, not just kind of, oh, this is a cool gig for now type of situation. And so I think that's... You could see in their eyes. Yeah, like, like, this is cool. This is exciting. There's two people. Like one person I got mentored, um, a friend of mine that owns another security firm, and he said, hey, I want you to meet this person. And she was an absolute dynamo. And I go, you're going to be a rock star. And she just, you know, so I kind of worked with her and helped her. And he hired her and um, kept her on because she was so good. But now she got like doubled her salary, leveled up and went somewhere else. And I'm like, she took me to coffee, just kind of thanked me. And I'm like, I know you'd be a rock star. Like I, you can see it. There was yeah. a, I, I was interviewing for a help desk position. And I met, I met this kid and we went to breakfast at um, Whistle Stop. And comes in in a full suit and he's like, looks the part, talks the part, had the look in his eyes and he had the credentials. And I'm like, listen, I'm not hiring you like you. (laughs) You got bigger things on the horizon. Please don't take offense to that. Right. Like, you know, we can be a good starting home for you, but you're going to, you know, and he go two months later, he gets a job at Ford as a cybersecurity analyst. And he sends me a note and he goes. I'm at Ford, any kind of winky face, you know, and yeah. I'm like, I knew you would like, you know, yep. it's, it's, but yeah, there's it's so cool. many opportunities for, for, for people out there. Um, it's absolutely obscene. It is. It's absolutely, it's obscene, but where it's even, you know, what, where I feel bad is for the people that are trying to figure out how to do it by themselves. Like the organizations that haven't figured out strategically when it comes to security, do we, do we buy it? Do we find a partner? And then they think they're going to, they think they're going to find people to, to manage the stuff that they buy. And, and then they're ending up with a lot of expensive shelfware and nobody that knows what the hell to do with it. Cause they can't keep them on staff. Well, if you, you talk to 10 people, you're going to get 10 different stories. There I know isn't it. Like, it isn't like networking. You buy a router, no. you buy a switch, you put some cable in the, in the, you know, it's right. not, it's not no. that. There's so no. many different stories. There's it's so many art, acronyms. It's an art form, there's so of. many vendors. There's so many acronyms. There's so much garbage. It, oh, it's, yeah. it, it's literally nuts. And I try to pride myself on acronym acronym free days. And it's so <laughs> stinking hard because I'll slip and all of a sudden I'm like, shit, I just did it. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Or I'll sit in um you know, with the, the industry, there's so many terms that they all essentially mean the same thing. But depending on who you talk to, they mean something completely different. Like like people say MDR, EDR, SOC as a service, SIM as a service, MSSP, blah, 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 like all these different things. And then you say, so I'll get on a call with somebody and I'll say, when you say MDR, what does that mean? To right. you specifically. And that to them means somebody managing a SIM. Or when somebody says... Um, you know, I'm looking for eat somebody to do this with my EDR. We're looking for blah, blah, blah. And it's sack as a service or, you know what I'm saying? So it's like really funny because people are so overwhelmed by the marketing jargon and the fluff they've lost. Like, this is what, what do you actually need? Just say what it is. You don't have to say the, the buzzword of the, the 30 seconds that it is. Cause in two weeks they're going to be calling it something different. It's obnoxious. As a service is dead to me. 
Oh my I god! I refuse to say it. Like why? Yes. Why? Like you can't call it leasing anymore. Now it's infrastructure as a service. It's like <laughs> it's leasing. You know, even like uh, cloud. What was so wrong with shared hosting? I don't know. Like I, you know, and now there, there's so many. And someone dropped UCAS on me the other day, <laughs> and I'm like, which is unified communication as a service. I'm like, I know. I just thought unified communication was the service. That's what it is. It's what so now, it's, it's like. It's like calling it an ATM it machine. An ATM machine. Machine. As a service. Right. As a service. <laughs> right. Is it? But then, I'll, you know, it's funny because then I'll talk to people and they'll go, well, I know it's bullshit, but when we use those words and terminology, people open up their checkbooks and I'm just like, face Palm City. But that's the way of the world. So, but it I, is. I re- I refuse to do it. I wrote a blog and I'm going to launch it pretty soon. That's basically saying the IT industry needs a swift kick in the AAS. Um, And they totally do because I'm I'm so like, and I'm so guilty of it. I just did it a meeting yesterday. I dropped like six acronyms in a row. I'm like, oh yeah, because I'm like, I'm talking about our security strategy. And I'm like, you know, you're using Azure AD, you run MFA, and you, you know, make sure you got a VPN, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, what did I just say? Like he oh, knew what I was talking about, <laughs> but like three people in the room didn't. And that's what I like totally became the person I hate. You know what I mean? That's that reminds me of like my first uh couple of weeks at Newspire. I was getting trained and everyone forgot that I was the bartender, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting right. in this room with a couple of people. Um so and, you need and a- they're so you need a half ounce of VPN, need an ounce of, of <laughs> you shake it all together. Yeah, yeah. Some Azure AD. But I, I still have the notebook that I wrote everything down. Like I was just writing so damn fast. And I would go home and spend like six hours every night on freaking Google trying to figure out what all these stupid sure. like acronyms meant. Cause I didn't want to be like the um, I'm sorry. When you say cloud, where is that exactly? <laughs> So now I've become like I, when I go on calls now with clients, I'm like, listen, I go, if we need to put it on someone else's computer, then we will. Like I will, I'll refuse to even say cloud now when I'm with people like they kind of look at someone else's computer. I go, yeah, the cloud need, they start laughing because they all know too. Like they're all just as cynical as I am about it. You know, especially the ones longer in the tooth like me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So how has, COVID pandemic, it's funny. Every IT company I talked to had record years in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that changed your go-to-market, your product mix? What are you doing more of, less of? Because, you know, are, are companies, have they completely changed what they're doing as far as their security stack? Or do you have to do stuff that was uh, you didn't have to do before? I guess uh, walk me through that. I think, you know, it's no surprise. I think with the pandemic and everybody running to home, you know, their home offices, the endpoints became a pretty big priority for everybody. Um, And it wasn't that we did anything different. We haven't really changed any of our services, but the messaging became very different, right? So instead of saying you need endpoint security because X, Y, Z, when you're in a corporate environment and nobody's dialing into home routers and all that kind of stuff, it's a very different story than, um, and now you're all at home. What are you going to do about that? And how are you able to see what's happening? 
Um, and then that shifted again when everybody went back to the office. How do you know that these traveling machines that have been sitting somewhere else for 18 months don't have something totally egregious going on? Um, and Bring what are you going to do home, about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. So it's not, we haven't really changed. Again, security is security and we stay in our swim lanes. We've improved, you know, a lot of things in the Holy Trinity in terms of like, you know, automation and, and our proven processes and stuff like that. But what we do is is really you know, stayed very, very much the same in terms of our, our focus. It's just the way that we're messaging it and the pains have changed. So pain one, I don't have anything to protect these endpoints, March, 2020 pain two, I bought stuff. I don't know what the hell to do with it. You know, mid 2020, early 2021 to pain three shit. I got to go back to the office. Right. I got, I got thousands of people coming back and I don't have a good way to make sure that our environment is secure when all these machines have been gone for 18 months, come back. Right. And Day so 121. Kind of, I still have yeah. people in my work environment that click on Wells Fargo links. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> oh my God. We had this, um, I, I actually had a phone call today. This, this guy, um, it was really interesting. It was an inbound call. Um, and he, he's, I guess he's called a few people, but he makes us, he's got like an LLC, but he's, a, it's just a dude that's trying to figure out um, if his ex-wife is trying to steal his like information. I like, it, it was the most bizarre, um, bizarre thing I've ever, I've ever seen happen here at Newspire inbound call. It went to, it went to my colleague, uh, Danny, and he's, he's saying, man, I got stuck on this call with this dude for an hour. He wouldn't let me go. And there was no way to tell that it was not an organization. It was literally a guy calling about his his wife. He believed his wife was trying to hack his credentials or something like that because she, she forwarded him. She was getting spammed from some sort of phishing email she clicked in her personal account. And, and my poor colleague couldn't get off the phone with this dude. And what do you do? I said, you should have just said your power went out and hung up. <laughs> right. Like, what? Why not? But at I mean, point, at this point, you need to call a PI. Like, that's yeah, like this, we can't help you with this, sir. You right. should change the locks on all of your stuff. I don't like all of it. Like yeah, doors. <laughs> I don't know. So, are you guys dealing with like people that like now are requiring employees to do like get vaccinations, and now like they they're storing it? So, yeah, like, you know, what's uh like? I've heard a lot of stories like manufacturing companies now like got they got health records that they didn't want or need. Now yeah. they need to find a way to store it securely. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think we have, we're hearing that, of course. I think we we talk to a lot of people. Our target segments tend to be in more of those traditionally unregulated um, industries. While we do have, um, we do work with, you know, financials and healthcare. Traditionally, we've done a lot in manufacturing, construction, logistics, and, and heavy industrial stuff like that. So it has come up in conversations in recent days, obviously, with some of the announcements that have been made. Um and I actually, Friday afternoon, I called our, our chief's information security officer and I was like, we got to get a, we got to get a handle on what we're going to say about this. And, and we don't know what to say because we don't know what the rules are going to be yet. Right. They haven't really said that yet. Um, or who's going to be impacted. Do remote employees count? Do they not count? Like, how is this going to work? Um, and I explained to him a conversation that I had had with somebody that was very concerned about it, but was kind of like putting the cart in front of the horse, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And and his recommendation was let me get on the phone with him. But, you know, he and, and we started having the conversation and he and he told me or he told the the guy, he said, you know, um, and I thought this was really funny. It's um, 
he told the guy a story. He said, well, is this something that we should be worried about? Or is this good for our organization? Can we even, is this something we can support? And, and, and he said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say something. I, I saw this show and it was, dang it. I forgot her name again. Uh, the butter cook, butter, Paula Dean. Yep. There it is. <laughs> Paula Dean um, was cooking a meal for Oprah and Oprah was digging into it and she really liked it. And she said, you know, is this healthy? Is this good for me? And Paula Dean said, um, you know, honey, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a chef. I, I can tell you how to make it, but I'm not your doctor. I can tell you if it's good for you. And I think that's kind of where we stand on, on, on how we're going to respond to that, at least for now. Um, when it comes to how to do it, yep, we're your guys. But is it the right thing for your organization to do? I think we're going to leave that to other folks. As of now, I don't it's know much funny, more than cer- that. Certain people can get away with telling those stories to customers than others. Um, I couldn't. I had he did. It was good. My, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite sales engineers of my life when I was at Hewlett Packard was Richard Grant. And okay. he was from Lake Cumberland, Kentucky. And dry he county. Could, he could turn, he was, I know, he could turn it on or off with the Southern thing with the best of them. I've never seen it like done so well. And we were getting our asses handed to us from a CIO about something that happened a year and a half ago. And, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm just listening. Right. And he, he, he leans in and he goes, can I tell you a story about my grand? And he, the guy, the guy goes, look, look kind of looks at me. He goes, my grandson's favorite movie is the lion King. And he's singing it really slow. And he goes, and his favorite scene is there's the little lion and the little monkey and the monkey hits him upside the head with a stick. And the lion says, why'd you do that? He said, don't matter. It's in the past. And then he sits back <laughs> and, and the CIO is like, Richard, I, you're, you're right. And we had like this, this amazing productive conversation. <laughs> I walk out of there going, I can't believe you pulled that shit off and it worked. He goes, if I would have done that, I would have got thrown out. You know, they would have went straight to the bar, you know, Dow or whatever. Um, oh my God. It's funny though. Like certain people can get away with saying that stuff. That is, you know, that is so true. Um, I've got a couple of, um, what's really fun. So like we were talking about how New Spires hired and brought in a bunch of these really awesome heavy hitters. Um, it's been really cool for me because they have just all kinds of awesome experience and all sorts of stories to tell. And um, I'm, I'm fortunate in my position where any of them are willing to do whatever, you know, I need to help me kind of uh, make relationships with people or get on a call to help explain something or kind of share a use case or a story that they went went through. And they all have a lot of those really funny, um, not even related stories, but stories like that, where they give a, it's like a parable almost that they use or something that they use that's relevant to whatever, or they all of a sudden they slow down their talk track and they, and they revert to this or that. And I'm sitting there going, where are they? What, what are they talking about? (laughs) And all of a sudden it hits and then it's like, oh, okay. Productive conversation now. This is excellent. So it's funny kind of watching that and hearing that. And you're right. It takes a certain, a certain kind of personality to be able to do that. I usually cuss well, I would, and swear. That's my MO. It's not yeah, great. Yeah. But that's no, I, I know do. that very well. Um, no, mine, <laughs> is usually, mine is always, I always say I'm the king of bad analogies. Yeah. And, I'll, and I can't even remember one I've ever said or done that worked, but I know that I do them and I know that they get Me it too. when I do it. Right. And it, just, it kind of brings it home. You know what I mean? You can explain this crap all day, but then you kind of yeah. use a real world like you know, yep. one of those examples and 
Yeah. Real world examples are good. Or for me, usually what I do is, well, the last year has been fun because I'm not, I'm living in temporary living. My, I'm living at my in-laws. Uh, we've been on cameras. Cybersecurity people never have cameras on. And then there's a pandemic and all of a sudden everybody wants to stare at our faces all day long, which is it funny. Is. You know who's in cybersecurity it. because they had tape over their laptop camera. Always. Like that yeah. was the thing. You never even, yeah. I didn't even know how to use a camera because you just had the tape over it. Right. Um, but I was potty training my two-year-old when this all started and we were home with a two and a four-year-old. And that has been the best part of this thing is now my kids are just with me all, all the time, all the time they're with me and it's so magical. But there was this one day I have a, and that's another thing that's happened with security. Um, it's spread from a few stakeholders to, it goes wide now. So where I used to just talk to IT and maybe an, a CIO and maybe for financial purposes, a CFO, now we've got cybersecurity steering committees and we have to talk to like it's like 20 people 20 people wide have stake stakes in the security program for these organizations that has changed in the last year and a half for sure i think as we've seen ransomware uptake but now i have 40 people on these zoom calls and here comes josephine walking behind me screaming mommy she barrels into my office mommy i pooped she's butt naked <laughs> i don't have a, i don't have a background up she's got toilet paper hanging from her butt and i have to go like if I don't go, she'll just keep screaming that she pooped. Right. And so that was the most embarrassing thing ever. And now it's the story that I tell on almost every call when I hear dogs barking or somebody yeah. going, I'm sorry, that's virtual something or another. So have you it's seen virtual. a work from, home fails on, work from home fails on YouTube? Oh, there's so like, many. There's the guy on the news and then like the one kid comes in dancing <laughs> and then the baby comes in on the walker then the mom comes in like dragging like pulling their arms out of their sockets and about the teacher that went to the toilet on our zoom call with her students did you see that one i can't that's so i that, that it's one thing being comfortable it's another thing like there was one time so pre-covid <laughs> right i was 10 years on calls and cisco was mandatory webex mandatory eyes up no clicking you know what i mean and one time a toilet got flushed on a call and, and to this day, no one knows who it was. <laughs> it was like the scene in uh, the scene. It was an airplane or airplane two, not airplane naked gun. When he uh, they had the live mic on the lav mic and he went, the, went and peed. And uh, it was like broadcast over the whole entire stadium. I didn't, I don't know that one. Oh, it's one of the famous signs. I'll text it to you later. Um, okay. I, need to, I need to see it now. Um, but no, there's a, I'm trying to think of the other one. Oh, it's the the girl uh, newscaster and like her father comes out of the bathroom with no shirt on. He's like, Dad, you know. Like, <laughs> uh, what's the one I just saw? The the weather forecaster was doing the report. Oh, with the dog. dog comes home and the dog is wandering. Dog was in, in there. The I screen, saw that yeah. too. That was funny. <laughs> well, whatever. Weatherman for the win. But that's like you know the kind of stuff that has been fun to deal with. I think it makes it more. I mean, human you're, a human, and you're a human being. Yeah. Like, and you know what? I don't have to get on. A, and while I miss getting on a plane and packing a bag, I also don't miss it every week. So it's a nice way to be a human without having to fly halfway across the country for a 40 minute meeting. I got an email that said, congrats, you're Goldie lead for life with Marriott because you spent 365 nights in our hotels. You did. And I was sad. Yes. That is sad. So I'm for, a, I'm I would, for the first time ever, I'm a, I'm a, uh, Diamond Delta member, and I don't really know how that happened because I haven't gone anywhere. Okay, 
in a really long time. And then my husband reminded me we're building a house and I have used my credit card for all of the things. And I was like, oh, but the great thing is I just got a note that they're going to extend that that status till the end of 2023. Okay. So it's a win. So I had that status when I was traveling international and work for work. Mm-hmm. And then I lost it very quickly. So now I, I go from being king of the castle to being a surf. You know, so, I got the last middle row, last seat. You know. So, so my first flight after we started traveling again, I moved to, to Midland, Michigan, and I thought, let me just try this this air, airport or whatever. And I flew out of. I ended up flying out of Flint. Well, which was it's actually a very nice airport. It is, it's very quick. It's a very nice, easy airport. Well, Delta doesn't fly out of at the time because they suspended all their flights. So I didn't realize this when my travel was booked. So I get there and I'm like, what am I on United? I don't have any status on United. And it was like the most heartbreaking thing after not being on an airplane and forever to have to sit like not in business class or whatever. I was my like the Southwest. Was, yeah. My husband was like, you sound like a brat. And I said, I know, but I was really looking forward to yeah. my business class. Southwest, you're in section C. Like yeah. 50. So I'm like, I'm last on the plane. So of course I'm in the middle, la- you know, and <laughs> You're on the hump. I'm not, yeah. If you ever met me, I'm not a small human being, you know? So like people are looking at me, like you could see in their eyes, like, please don't sit in my row. Please don't sit in my row. You know, or it's like Forrest Gump seats taken, you know, like everybody's can't sit here. Right. Seats taken. Um, so getting back on, on the security story, yes. the, one of the things that we always talk about is, you know, and I, I got a lot of CISO friends from a lot of big companies, so I always bat off of them. So it's nice to have a mentor group. Um, when people come up and say, you know, I don't know what the hell to do. Like, where do you start and where do you stop? I know that's it's difficult to say because, um, like, I have a story. I'm just curious if, like, you do because, like, you, know, you can't just go, what's your budget? Because that sounds ridiculous. Um, you know, I always kind of start with what's driving this. Is it compliance? Is it necessity? Did you just get hacked? Um, but like you can buy so much in security and not ever be done. Like, so, you know, is there a stop or do you just keep going until they say stop or what, I guess, what's your story? I'm just curious. Well, yeah, you have to stop because you mean, even if there was compliance drivers or framework drivers or whatever, there's not a single IT budget in the world, security budget in the world that's going to allow you to be 100% compliant with any of that. It's like literally not possible. If you look at some of those frameworks and controls, there's like 158 of them, 200 of them in some of the cases, depending on what you're looking at. So if you're trying to comply with all of that and buy all this stuff, you're going to break the bank. And we all know security tends to have the smaller portion of, of the total IT budget, right? Um, so typically what I, I just say, well, what's the strategy? Why are you asking me this? What are we trying to do? You know, it's not so much, is there a, pro- I usually start with what's your strategy? Cause if, if I talk to somebody and they don't have a strategy and they're just trying to fill an immediate pain, um, I know that one, sure. I can help with that pain for like right this second, but in like two weeks, you're going to be mad at me because you didn't think about the overall strategy right. and you just added more noise into your environment. And now you're mad. Um, and so typically we tend to try and, and push it back towards them and try to understand what the overall strategy is. And then a lot of times from there, we realize they don't have one. And so we'll talk about that and some of the things that we can do to help them to kind of develop and, and craft their cybersecurity strategy. And then from there, figure out where they need to supplement whether it's 
putting pen to paper with policies and procedures and, and control work and all that kind of stuff, or if it's looking at technology gaps, supplementing technology, and then helping them figure out the best way to do that so that they're reducing risk and increasing cyber resilience. Um, usually if I ask, is there budget? That's like a laugh. Right. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, okay. Or if there is budget, the next question is, did you have a security event recently? Oh, you did? Okay. How much budget do you have now? A billion dollars? Yeah. Perfect. Here's the sign here. Well, you know what I mean? The, so that's typically what happens, I think. And that's the thing. We could tell customer stories all day. Like, you know, I had a someone who's saying, I need help. Cool. What happened? Oh, we got hit with ransomware. It took seven months to rebuild our QuickBooks. We didn't get to, we didn't work for like three weeks all on paper. We lost all our storage. Okay, great. So here's what, you know, here's just bare bones basic. And they're like, well, no, I ain't paying for that. We're like, of course not. Okay. Like I'll see, you know, if next time you get hit, please don't call me. Like call someone else. (laughs) No, you know what I mean? Like it's just, I mean, I think it's gotten to the point now where we have to not fire clients, but just kind of like, listen, if you see no value in any of this, I I just can't, you know, I got nothing for you. Yeah, no. And I, I really believe that too. Like, let's say you talk to somebody and they, and they say they've got a problem, but before we can solve that that big problem, we suggest that there's maybe a step that they need to take first, which is let's look at the entire thing holistically and come up with a, a plan. Right. And, you know, you'll tell people that's going to cost, and we're talking pennies on the dollar. It's not expensive. And they go, Whoa. And I, and that's kind of a way that we just say, you can't, if you don't want us to help you with this piece before you start spending money on things we're telling you is a bad idea once we get the lay of the land. Right. I mean, I'm in sales. I'd love to just sell that to you. But again, I also like our 99% client retention rate. You don't get that by selling people stuff that's just going to not solve their actual pain. Um, well, last but week, oh, I was going to say last yeah. week, I uh, went to a 10-person shop and they buy their laptops at Best Buy. They have their core app that they get you know, which is cloud-based, um, they back up on thumb drives and they have no firewall. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at, you know, the guy, the guy that runs the company and I'm like, I got bad news for you, man. I go, if I start checking boxes of all the things I think you need or that just the, just the <laughs> basics, my basic checklist, I go, you're going to throw me out. So where do we, where do we start with this? You so know, where did you start? I uh, I gave him an a la carte menu and I said let's talk about what let's 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 how about we we look it back and we prioritize what's important and what's not and then we start from the bottom and work our way up to what 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 you need. Yep. Right. Now, so I'm in the middle I'm in the middle of yeah. that right now. Yep, we've done that. We that is definitely an approach we take but we do it with, you know, heels kicking and screaming a little bit to say that's that's not going to give us everything that we need, right? You still don't have coverage here and here. So if something happens in here or here. uh, And that was the worst thing is, is I told them, I'm like, and then usually something happens and then they're calling us going, we've got an event. Okay. Well, we haven't seen a response. Let me help you. (laughs) But like, we could have avoided that for 15, 20 years. I know. Nothing's ever happened. Why would anything happen happen now? Yeah, of course not. So I'm like, I got bad news for you. Like, you know, and I kept trying to ask them what's driving this thing and not they couldn't answer it. And yeah. Like, if they don't, if there's not a business problem that they're trying to solve, I try to just say, okay, well, here's my menu of things. Let me get my BDR to keep reaching out to you every let's, six months. Let's pick out, let's, yeah, let's bring our, uh, 
what's the describable dice? And then we'll we'll pick some acronyms and then you know. And we can talk about it. Yeah, but, sign here, press you know, our three copies. You have you know. a job to do, and I have a job to do. So, you know, I don't know. That's t- it's tough because you can't get people to admit there's a problem. Um, sometimes you can if you're really really good, um, but trying to you know dig into latent pain around security is challenging. Um, and it's also challenging to not kind of offend people when you know that what they're doing is, uh, like, sure. you're not comfortable. Are you comfortable? I'm not comfortable. Are you comfortable? No, how what did I say? I think I said, it? I said, I'm getting shivers up my spine. Yeah. Like, I don't hearing. like it. Like, you're making me nervous. I'll say well, that. I'll say, I'm like, you're making me extremely nervous right now. <laughs> so, I mean, security. So the one I just dawned on me, the analogy I always, I always use. And I'm like, let's say you, you own a house and you never lock your doors. And you've never got robbed. And then all of a sudden tomorrow you got somebody sitting here going, well, you need to put, you know, you need two dogs. You need a safe house in the, in the basement. You need hurricane windows. You need, uh, you know, gun holsters under the coffee tables. You need, you know, uh, barricades for the front door, back door cameras on every room, right? You're going to throw me the hell out. So I go, where do you stop? Like, this is your house. Right. Right. Talk to me about, you know, I can put a lock on your door. Cool. That's a firewall. I can put cameras in. That's a SIM. You know what I mean? Like, wow. How far do you need to take this thing? Yeah. And considering you never got yeah. robbed. And I'll, and that's, I think, something that we do really good here is kind of figuring out from our customer's lens, like to your, like to your analogy, what's the most important thing in your house? Mom says photo albums. Dad says the safe. Okay. Where are those two things located and what are the paths to get there? All right, now let's talk about how did we how do we just how do we just protect those pathways? <laughs> let's talk about that then. I don't care about the front door, I don't care about the windows. How do we protect those pathways? If that's what's critical to you and that's what's going to keep you guys happy if something happens, then let's just make sure you have access to that stuff if the worst case scenario occurs. And so that's kind of the approach I think that that we try to take. Um instead of throwing throwing the spaghetti at the wall and throwing all the stuff at them because it is it can be overwhelming and it's really about understanding Not only from, I mean, we understand a lot about threat, you know, threat landscapes and the attack surfaces and things like that, that maybe they're not quite, you know, um, aware of, but, um, but they, they know best about what they're trying to protect and and why they're trying to protect it. And so when you kind of marry the two, we can usually come up with a customized, all right, based on all of our a la carte stuff, here's what I'm going to piece together for you. That makes sense based on what we know. And they say, you need, you need EDR as that's what you tell them, right? A service. EDR as a service. What as, as what? a service? Yeah. As what is service. that? I don't know. Just sign here. EDR as. Do? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> start. So who did um? I think OST. Speaking of acronyms, OST out of Grand Rapids. I used to call them. They're one of my favorite companies. Um, they wrote some blog called like Pumpkin Spice as a service. They got ahead of the game. They totally Shut ripped up. off my bit. And it's like, it's totally mocked the industry. And I'm like, oh my God, I freaking love you guys even more. Um, I think it's on LinkedIn. If you look them up, OST out of, uh, out of Grand Rapids. That's um, funny. Yeah, I, I know. It, it was written basically as a backhanded slap at the industry. It was great. As a service. As. I, I almost agree though. It's They just need to call it what it is. And that is a service because inherently everything is going to end up being a service because there's 2 million people short everywhere else. So call it leasing. I like Lease, this. You just want to, it's a leased sim. When I was at, uh, when I was at Cisco, my job was to work with all the channel partners to never use that word again. 
um, because it was consumption Leasing? models. Yeah, it was consumption models mm-hmm. and as a service was just getting, this was 2000, cool. when did I start there? 13. So yeah, it was just starting. So I was ha- uh, handing out consumption economic books and I was my I was selling to the CFO was my PowerPoint present you know my sales pitch, um you know it was it was all about as a service and moving towards a, a yeah we used to call at Newspire years ago like twenty twenty twelve I think we used to call sim monitoring we called it sim monitoring as a service SMAS and the oh ins- like that's what, I know <laughs> internal and it took me years like still sometimes I'll be like to internal people from along I'm like it's SMAS and then they're like Maria and I'm like I. I know. Don't you want so some smaz? Yeah, it's like, some bad, smaz. it's like a bad drug. <laughs> <laughs> so bad, but that's all right. It's fine. We've moved on. We don't do that anymore. But even <laughs> saying sim, I have a heart. Like I won't even say that anymore. Mm-mm. Like I, I refuse. You know, like they're just. I and I say it because I said, I've been saying it every day for ten years of my life. Mm-hmm. And then I get in front of a client. You have to like completely rethink the way I talk. It's like it's the most nerve wracking. You know, because you catch yourself. And I always say, I always start and I said, listen, I talk a lot of insider baseball. Please stop me if there's anything I say that's a bad acronym because I'm in this habit. And so I'll like, I'll kind of call myself out first. Before I always just ask. I'm like, how, how, <laughs> how much of this, like, do you want in very basic terminology versus you're up to speed on things like, and I'll, and I'll drop some and they go, you're good. Okay, cool. No, like I must explain it like I'm, I, I don't like explain it like I'm five, but like I almost like explain it like I'm eight. So I think an eight year old. Yeah. Girl, like that, I just like, if, if I feel like my dad can understand what I'm saying, I'm pretty yeah. good. Maya, they forced my mother to get a smartphone. Um, and I was sitting there today going, this is the text button. You know, she's like, hey, she goes, the neighbor sent me a picture of the dog. Can you, you know, and I'm crazy like, dog. Text button, and I said, let's set you up on Duo so you can, you know, video chat with it's Google's Randy. I know you're giving me that you Apple. I didn't guy. realize that was still around. I thought yeah, Google launched that, it. That's their, no, that, they moved meetings and everything to Duo. It's their video chat. Wait, then what's Meet? I think it's I think Meet and Duo are the same thing. Of course they are. Is it M-E-A-T? That's why there's confusion. <laughs> I thought it was beef jerky. Um, but, uh, you know, now I'm like <laughs> trying to set Pepper. up. I want to no, I, I, my, I, my dream was to set up, uh, to buy meetup that meetup dot. I think I've got us, but I wanted to do meetups at like barbecue places, but it's M E A T up instead of M E E T. So <laughs> I know it would, it, it would turn into uh anyway, I'm not going to get into what it would turn into. Um, but, oh, so I'm like trying to, trying to just trying to get her the basics of a video call on a smartphone. And I'm like, and here's this, you know, 77 year old woman with, with arthritis, you know, and I'm just like, ma, why did they give you this? You know, your flip phone was so comfy and nice. Like, why did they do this to you? Like, <laughs> My mother-in-law had her flip phone for the longest time. She, she refused. She wouldn't give it up. So she kept it inside of her purse in a Ziploc bag, like, so that nothing would happen to it. Like water damage or anything or one like of those that. Disney bags or the Mexico it was bag. Like, yeah. it was, no, it was literally like a. Like oh, Ziploc, like right? Ziploc bag. It just was. It lived in there for many years. But she, I can't believe they like, just told her like your phone's obsolete. You can't. That's what did happen. But she yeah. fought it tooth and nail. You don't want to mess with Tammy. I won't if I ever. I see wouldn't. Her. She's very nice. She's letting so, me go uh, in her house. 
<laughs> and she's probably right next to you too, right? No, she's up at Owen Lake. Oh. We're good. <laughs> oh, right on. So any, uh, I don't want to say any parting shots, but we, uh, we talked enough. I know you got, I'll, I'll let you sneak in a couple cheap, uh, cheap plugs. Um, cheap plugs. We're hiring. We're hiring so hard. We need um, positions for everything. Randy, you know how this works. Um, we are hiring for just about every single position in the company, security analysts, uh, NAC professionals, threat hunters, sales, business development, marketing, um, HR and recruiting, you name it. We're looking for people. Doesn't need to be a, a in-office position. We are flexible with work from home. Yay. So that's cool. Um, and for any closed your office, then we did. <laughs> well, some of them, some of them are yeah. closed. Some yeah. positions are closed. The buildings are still there for others. And then there's hotel space. And the only other thing I would say is to see what else we've been up to. Check out um, mynewspire.io. There's a couple of cool applications that are exposed for anybody to use. Um, N-U-S-P-I-R-E, mynewspire.io. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff in there that you guys can all access uh, today. You can make a login credential for free. Um, and I think you guys will like to see what we've been up to over the past year or so since I've been on the show. It's uh, super awesome. It's like every time I talk to you, you guys are doing new cool stuff. So I'm, uh, you know, it's awesome. And you kept Dan Hoban around. This whole I know. Time. It's like, so it's New Spire Olympics right now. And I don't know what you know about that. It's like our, like, it's like how we keep things fun. Um, but we have two teams and they're based on some employees that have been with Newspire for a really long time. And since Dan basically was born in the building, he's one of the team or the team names is Danmark, like Denmark, but Dan and his face, we all have shirts with his face, just like so big on our shirts. Um, and it's really taken a whole new, it's taken it now that he's got like a hundred people on his team. It's like really exciting for him. <laughs> No, it's funny. Like it's like between you and Dan, it's like every IT person I go have breakfast with or lunch or drinks. Like, where'd you come from? And we have like, oh yeah, like me. I'm like, oh, Cisco, Dell, HP, and a couple stints in between. And you know, now I do this. And you know, with you guys, like New Spire. <laughs> you know, I know, I know. If, uh, and it's really funny when we have we've had all these other people join. They're like, why are you still here? I'm like, I like it. And you, it's cool. And it was fun to build it. It was like you said, the MSSP that could. And now uh, I've got, I've been here long enough where now we're going. So it's fun. It's awesome. It's super I'm, fun. I'm happy for you guys. I'm proud of uh, the whole team. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Fun, fun to follow and watch you guys. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on the show again, you guys. I hope to see you in person very soon. Yeah, we'll put your, uh, we'll put your LinkedIn address in our uh, show notes. Right uh, when the show gets published and, uh, it's always good to see you, even though we're podcasting. Um, I, but like I look podcasting. forward to the next time we uh, hang out. Awesome. Cool. Randy, hit me up next time you're up in the greater Gladwin area. Yeah. <laughs> okay, dude. So, hey, All we're right, going to wrap things guys. up for episode 411 for the IT and the D show. I'd like to thank Maria Graham from Newspire. On behalf of Bob and Randy, do us a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it.